Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we're previewing fantasy running backs for 2021. Did quarterbacks last week in the second episode now. We are in the second episode now of our positional previews for fantasy football. And we'll be running down our rankings, uh, at least the top part of them, and then going down the lists and finding players that we find intriguing and think that you should know things about for next year we'll be previewing them you can find the rankings on our website the link is in the podcast description so just go there you and if you want to follow along with that you can do so if not it's totally okay of course before that we'll do some bold takes and we also wanted to share our what how our scott fishbowl teams are doing so far um the Mm -hmm. big fantasy analysts slash fan league drafts have started we're recording this on friday so it's been a few days and we've got some solid teams so far so we'll discuss those. Um, Chris, are you ready to get started? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So Chris, I know, is excited about his SFB team, and I'm excited about mm-hmm. mine. Uh, there's no news today. So if you want, or I guess, Chris, go, you can go first and let them know Let them know who you've got so far. Okay. So um, to start, I guess, I'll, Calvin, if we want to do each our quarterback position, I've got Lamar Jackson, who I have total trust in, and then I also have Jameis Winston. And Winston is a little bit risky because, yes, there's a chance that he doesn't become the starter, but I'm pretty confident that he will. And I think that uh, he showed that he's going to be a very fantasy-relevant QB when he was with Tampa Bay a few years ago. So uh, I expect a similar return. He's got great receivers, Michael Thomas, and he also has a check-down option that he didn't really have in Tampa Bay. So I think that's even more exciting for him. And so hopefully that should help him limit the picks a little bit. And, I mean, Lamar and James Winston, between the two, I have them as my QB4 and QB10, so I'm very excited about that group. Yeah, it's solid. I think Winston definitely gets a bump, though, or a bump down because of the scoring, which we may have explained on the podcast before. But for those of you who don't know, first of all, it's super flex. So you have one of your flex spots can be a quarterback if you want it to. But it also takes away minus four for interceptions, minus six for pick sixes and minus one for sacks. So there's different and and it also it deducts for a bad completion percentage as well. So there's a lot of different interesting things like that. So if Jameis Winston throws a lot of picks, that could be a problem for you. He's definitely I would say. Would you agree that he's worse than QB 10 in this format because of that? I think that he, I'd say maybe QB 11 or QB 12, but I think he also could be good because he has such a high touchdown rate. I mean, he threw a lot sure. of touchdowns in Tampa Bay and he likes to loft the ball downfield. So I think that added touchdown uh, number is going to be good. And then I think that having Kamara will help him limit his picks a little bit. So I don't think it'll impact him as much as a lot of people think, but it definitely, it's just a little bit of a knock on him. Yeah, I mean, the main thing for him is a lot of yards, like you said. Obviously, touchdowns don't always come, but usually he'll throw for a good amount of those as well. Uh, So I've got Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Zach Wilson. The latter two could be at risk for some interceptions. Hopefully, they'll be all right with that. The Bengals improved their offensive line a lot this year, so I hope Joe Burrow – I don't think Joe Burrow will be sacked as much as he was. Quarterback was a little weak, but I'm fine with it. These are three guys I like. And based on what I got on the rest of my team, like I'm perfectly happy waiting on quarterback and getting what I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think you should be because you've got some solid quarterbacks, but uh, I would have loved to see you go ahead and grab Justin Herbert. And then I think that would have been great, but I don't know. I don't mind what you did. Yeah, I waited. I passed on Herbert to get Nick Chubb in round two. I also have Zeke and DeAndre Swift at running back, which is ridiculous. Three of my top 12 guys. At wide receiver, I've got Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Antonio Brown, Devontae Smith, and Elijah Moore. And at tight end, this is a tight end premium league. So tight ends get a full point PPR and full point 
per first down. So it versus regular players get half point per reception, half point for first down. So I was able to get Mark Andrews in round five, which I was super happy about. That's going to be great for this format. Mm-hmm. And then Jared cook, who's so, so meh, but I tight ends were going super fast and I had to get a backup. Yeah. Uh, for t- me at tight end, I actually uh, had to do something a little bit interesting. And I got Evan Ingram in the 12th round. And I mean, there were a lot of guys that I really wanted to take over Ingram, but I just, I mean, he was the best tight end available at the moment. And I thought he had the biggest chance of uh, leaving the board soon. So I knew I had to go ahead and grab my guy. Uh, so I reluctantly went ahead and drafted him. He has a lot of potential though. That's the one thing I'll say. I mean, the big thing about him is he's a target monster. He gets a lot of targets and he's just going to get the ball in his hands a lot. And that's really good for this format because those kind of first downs and just receptions are really valuable for tight ends in this tight end premium. So I think that helps him out a little bit. I think that, he has a chance to kind of recover. So I'm excited about him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I just, the one thing I'm worried about with Ingram is that he's not much of a vertical threat. So it'll be tough for him to get first downs, but then again, he I is, disagree. He's a very, he is a reception. A threat. I mean, he's, he's sort of a short vertical threat. I mean, when you look at his game logs, it's definitely, it's a lot of like his yards per catch isn't necessarily the highest. I mean, I did realize though that, I mean, because he is a reception monster, that'll sort of balance out. But I feel like if he's catching seven or eight yard catch passes a lot, Maybe not a ton of first downs, but he might be. What do you mean? He, Seven or passes is what you need perfectly. Be it's not always going to be on first and ten. You know. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Lots that's of times, if they want to hand it off to Saquon Barkley on the first down and then dish it down to Evan Ingram, there's going to be lots of opportunity. Okay. He's a great yeah, I mean, third down saying, he, he won't have his, He's not going to be a leader in that category. But... I think he very much could, could be. Maybe. Maybe if Daniel the number of targets that he gets in that running game, I think that they're going to find themselves in a lot of short short yards, third down situations. So I think that Evan Ingram would be one of their favorite targets in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he was Daniel Jones's favorite target last year. Now it's going to be mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay because Daniel Jones loves to throw downfield. But I don't know, but Ingram, it still could stay at Evan Ingram. It's definitely he, he will have some targets. He will. I think he'll probably out get be out-target Kadarius Tony in year one, I would say, because Tony's mm-hmm. like a gadget guy. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's going to be better for the offense, but he's I'm less and less happy with him for fantasy football. I don't think he's ever going to be anything big for fantasy football because he, he's like one of those like guys where you just give it to him and he has one explosion touchdown, but sometimes he won't be in, involved in a game at all. So, mm-hmm. But he's very useful for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who are your wide receivers and running backs? Um, my RBs are Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Michael Carter. Group that I'm very excited about. Two rookies there. Uh, one rookie I can totally trust, Najee Harris. I picked him to finish as a top eight RB possibly. Or I have him as nine in my rankings, but I think he definitely has that eight upside. And then I got uh, Chubb and Swift. Who Swift is young. I'd say he has a, a is more of an upside pick as well, where I think he could finish top 12. And then Chubb is the guy that I really t- trust here. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he can finish his top five RB just because of the workload that he gets consistently. And then just the amount of touchdowns he gets and how run heavy this offense is, I think. And he's just extremely efficient. I think he's arguably a top three back in the league in terms of talent. And then Michael Carter, um, just another offside, really high offside piece where there's definitely room for someone to take over the backfield. And I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to be Michael Carter, I think he has the best chance. And if he does take it over, I think he has the highest upside just because of how young he is. So um, I think that he could potentially end up finishing as an RB too. And so I was definitely willing to give him a late round flyer. 
Okay. I don't like the Carter pick, which you'll find. I mean, it's okay, but you'll find out in a little bit why. But yeah, that's good running backs. And then your wide receivers, you also got that elite wide receiver and then some high upside guys later, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. I managed to get A.J. Brown, which I was really happy about. And then I went ahead and grabbed a ton of high upside guys. Brandon Ayuk, who um, we'll talk about in a minute. OBJ, who was returning from injury. But um, I like the direction that the Browns offense was moving last season, especially uh, how Baker Mayfield was playing. So I think that OBJ being his favorite target, that'll just uh, – oh, I think – Odell will be able to catch some good passes and get in the end zone. The only thing limiting him is that run heavy offense. And then um, I managed to grab Devontae Smith. He fell so far in my draft. It was crazy. So I very happily picked him up. Um, just again, you, yeah, very high upside. Yeah, You got him two rounds after I did and I was happy where I got him. So it was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that's pretty much our team's. We're happy. Go let us know on Twitter what you think. Follow us at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. Um, let's move on to bull takes. Do you want to go first, Chris, or shall I? Sure, I'll go first. All right. Okay. Go ahead. My first bull take is, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Ayuk will finish as a top 15 wide receiver. I don't know. Mm, so, spicy. I mean, my main reasoning why is I really like the quarterback that's coming. And I think that Ayuk has kind of developed into the number one guy um, in that offense. And I think one of the main concerns going forward for him this year is Debo Samuel limiting him. But I really think that Ayuk has carved out his role as the number one receiver. We know Jimmy G loves to throw to him. So um, I'm comfortable with him while Jimmy G is in. And then Trey Lance, I think, has a lot of potential to be a really great passer. I think it's just going to open this offense up even more. I mean, he's going to have great protection. So he's going to be able to find Ayuk down the field as well. So, I mean, I just really like the direction this offense is moving. And Ayuk showed a lot of flashes being extremely talented. So I think that he'll be targeted a lot in this offense. And so in a high-powered offense as the number one wide receiver, I don't see why Ayuk can't finish as a top 15 wide receiver. I understand where you're coming from, but I just – I don't, there's a couple reasons. Like, if you think Trey Lance is going to start early, number one, this is a dual threat quarterback we're talking about. It's hard for me to see a ton of passing attempts going in, especially since the 49ers do like to give all their backs a decent amount of carries as well. Not only that, Debo Samuel and George Kittle are finally healthy. We haven't seen Ayuk on the field with both of these guys at the same time. So we don't know if the target share is going to be there for him to be a top 15 guy. Um, it, like, I, I just, I, I don't see if there I, I feel like there's not that great of a ceiling for him because of that. He's a talented guy. He could be the wide receiver one. I don't see him really overtaking George Kittle though, which is the problem. If he did, I would understand a little bit more and I don't hate the take, but I just don't see a complete takeover from Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I understand, but I mean, what did Ayuk finish his last year? Um, I'm not sure actually. He it was an interesting season because he again had like nobody, no competition for a lot of it. Like both Debo and Kittle were out for a lot of that mm-hmm. year. Um, but I'm not exactly sure where he finished. I believe, I mean, it was pretty good. I believe. Let's check. Uh, weeks one through sixteen in half PPR, Brandon Ayuk was the wide receiver. Oh my gosh, where is he? I can't find him. Oh, maybe I missed him. I do not know. Maybe he, I don't think he played the. Uh, I don't know if he played the whole season either. He's I like I. I can't. Obviously for thirty one. Oh okay. 
Yeah, he played. But let's check like weeks nine through sixteen. Wait, where are you seeing wide receiver thirty-one? I can't find him. Oh, I'm checking twenty nineteen. Oh, I'm so smart. Why does it keep auto-searching that for me? Okay, there he is. Yeah, wide receiver 31, and he played 12 games. So that's pretty solid. You're right. He was maybe right on that, averaging 12.9 fantasy points per game. That's That would be right on that cusp of top 15. But, like, he's also, yeah, again, he wasn't playing with those that target competition. So I guess it's not mm-hmm. outlandish, but. And also, um, uh, ranked, ranked in terms of strength of schedule for a wide receiver is Brandon Ayuk has the easiest schedule. I don't care about strength of schedule at all. I mean, it's maybe slightly, but it's you just can't predict what defenses are going to be good. Who would have thought the Colts would have been like the number one defense last year? Nobody. Who would have thought um, the 49ers would have had everyone hurt and been like a bad defense last year? Nobody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, I, don't I just think there's a lot of things that can go right for Ayuk and talent shines through and he showed a ton of talent last year. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't mind it as much as last week's take at all. <laughs> That's for sure. My bold take, Tevin Coleman will finish with more fantasy points this season than Michael Carter. I have talked about this for a while. I I decided to finally put it in a bold take. I didn't want to lead off with it because it's just kind of a lame one to lead off with since it's so nitpicky and both these guys are at the back of drafts. But I think Chris is really underselling Tevin Coleman's ability. I mean, Tevin Coleman's – and it's not really like as much about Tevin Coleman's ability, but – Chris is definitely underselling him. In 2020 and 2019, he had an injury-riddled few seasons with the 49ers. In 2019, he missed uh, – he only started 11 games. He missed two uh, in total and um, ran – had four yards of carry, so not too bad. But in 2020, he only started one game, missed eight, and just had an atrocious season because he never really was able to get going. But in 2018 with Atlanta, that was really his breakout season. In uh, 16 games, 14 starts, 167 carries, 800 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry, and 32 receptions for 276 yards. So he showed he could do it in both the running and passing game, at least to some extent, which is, I mean... I'm not saying there won't be a timeshare here, but I think Tevin Coleman will lead the backfield in touches this year over Michael Carter because, I mean, he's proven he can do it. He's got the experience. He's got the, um, the he has the chemistry with Mike LaFleur, who he played with in other, uh, in other destinations and other stops. And he has proven that he can be productive and efficient. And it, it, yes, he has never really... He has had some times where like Devontae Freeman was out in Atlanta where he was the one guy and he was pretty good in that role. He's always best though in a timeshare where, he, but he can still definitely lead a timeshare and he can have a decent load of touches like he has showed. But the other side of this I want to show is fourth round running backs almost never work out. Michael Carter is a fourth round running back. And when you look back at history, like, listen, I will read you the names of the fourth round running backs drafted in 2020 and before. Joshua Kelly, LaMichael Pirine, Anthony McFarland, DJ Dallas, Bryce Love, Justice Hill, Benny Snell, Tony Pollard, Naheem Hines, Mark Walton, Ito Smith, Kalen Bolage, Chase Edmonds, Samaje Pirine, Tariq Cohen, Joe Williams, Donald Pumphrey, Jamal Williams, Wayne Coleman, Marlon Mack, Tyler Irvin, Kenneth Dixon, Devontae Booker, Jeremy Langford, Jolston Fowler, Javorius Allen, Mike Davis. That's since 2015. You want me to keep going, Chris? I think that establishes, I mean, especially in year one, none of those guys had any sort of success in year one. Maybe some of them will have mild success later in their careers, but no, none of them have proven it yet. I mean, the last guy who did was Devonte Freeman in 2014. 
I guess another example of a guy drafted later than the fourth was maybe Jordan Howard, but, and I'm obviously not including guys in the fifth, sixth or seventh, but even so that makes the point. There's almost no fourth round running backs who are successful in this league as a starter. And furthermore, not in year one. So I just, it's hard for me. It's a low probability statistically that Michael Carter can be successful. So I think Tevin Coleman will finish with more fantasy points and will outtouch Michael Carter next year. Okay. <laughs> Chris doesn't like it. We know that. Uh-uh. But we'll save it on the tape for the end of the season. Yep, it is recorded. All right, we want to move on to running back preview? Mm-hmm, sure. Um... All right, so let's go get started. Got our top 60 running backs here. We're not going to run down all of them. You can see the full rankings on the website, link in description. Uh, And by the way, for anyone who's listening on Spotify, I did fix the issue where the link like wouldn't link. I don't know why it doesn't link, but I typed out the uh, thing that you have to type so you can copy and paste. So you don't have, you can't, you don't need to click anything. For some reason, it didn't let you click on it like it does in Apple Podcasts. So that's fixed. So... Yeah, let's do running backs. Chris, you're, this was a really hard decision for me at number one. There were probably like nine or ten guys I was really considering here. But who did I want to see who you decided on. Wait, what? I was making a joke. Didn't really oh. land. So, <laughs> so you're, you're number one running back? I'm the comedian out here. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one running back is Christian McCaffrey. Makes sense. He, I mean, for those who are considering taking Dalvin Cook over Christian McCaffrey, just don't. People don't forget how good Christian McCaffrey's uh, production was in 2019. Let's go look. In 2019, weeks one through uh, 16, which is we will stick to our um, our principles and look at that. Christian McCaffrey averaged 26.3 fantasy points per game. He had a great season. In 2020, Dalvin Cook averaged 22.6 fantasy points per game. McCaffrey had 3.7 more per game than Dalvin Cook. He was on another level. So this isn't even a contest at number one. Dalvin Cook, I I think you can agree that both of those guys, Chris, had probably as good of a season as they can possibly have. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're they're not – there's a clear difference. McCaffrey is the number one. He will be – I mean, if I think he'll be used heavily again this year. He could be 100-100 – or he could be – well, obviously he'll be 100 in rushing. He could be like 300, 100 or 250, 100 with like receptions. He will lead the league in receptions. And um, he's so good. He's such a talented player at all levels of the game. And yeah, it's not hard. But number two is also not hard for me. It's also Dalvin Cook. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cook showed a lot of promise last year. And um, the Vikings absolutely just feed him. So. I don't see why he can't finish his number two. Uh, there was a little bit of, de- of debate for me because I do like Saquon Barkley a lot next year, but um, I think that Dalvin Cook just has so much upside in that and an offense that I think is going to be pretty high scoring next year. Okay. Yeah. These are the two guys who I think can really be on another level for your team, especially McCaffrey. The mm-hmm. next guy here is a guy who, I mean, well, I mean, obviously these guys can be on an, another level, but like there's a difference between another level and another level, but Derek Henry here, number three, Mr. Durable, Mr. 400 touches comes in here. And it's really important. You shouldn't undersell the importance of having a durable RB, which is why, I mean, I this is why I really think there's a legitimate case for Derek Henry as the number one overall pick because you don't lose your, you don't win your league at the number one overall pick. You can't just pick McCaffrey and have a trash team and be like, I won. You need to get stable, consistent guys who can support your upside picks later on. 
So that's mm. why I think there's a case for it. Dalvin Cook, but th- like I said, Dalvin Cook and Chris McCaffrey are like, for me, it's Chris McCaffrey, teardrop, Dalvin Cook, teardrop. And then you can start thinking about, oh, I need to get this durable running back who might score a little bit less points. But the great part about Derrick Henry is that he also scores a ton of fantasy points. We know he doesn't catch that many passes, but he's still a beast. I think he's established that. And he is an Iron Man and should be fine for this year. You'll be happy mm-hmm. with him at the number three. Yeah. And your number three, Chris, I was surprised when I saw this. I like, I looked at it and I was like, I need to change this. Cause I thought this was my rankings, but it's Saquon Barkley. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think it's just really the passing upside here, which Derek Henry doesn't have. Um, I think that the Titans, as much as uh, people will disagree with me, I think that they're going to want to include Darrington Evans in the passing game. So I think that'll take away from Henry. But um, on the other side, I mean, Saquon really has no competition if he can return fully healthy, um, I think that he has top two upside because if we look at what he did in 2019, I mean, he was just incredible. He was one of the, I mean, he definitely would have been top three. Uh, well, let me look at what the exact average was, but I know that he put well, together. He had the high ankle sprain. So why don't you check 2018 when he, uh, that, that was his great year. Let's check what he got in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, actually, that's an interesting question. Saquon Barkley averaged 21.3 fantasy points per game, so he was yeah. actually 1.3 less than Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, only being 1.3 less than Dalvin Cook, I think that totally constitutes um, putting him as my RB3. And now he's in an offense that I think should be high scoring. One of the biggest things that limited him was Giants really didn't score that many points. And But now I think that having Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones, I expect to improve. I think that that'll all help. And... um. I mean, we know Jason Garrett loves to use a top RB like he did with Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that he'll want to feed Saquon Barkley. And as long as Barkley stays healthy, I think that he'll be the uh, a top three RB. I mean, I'm concerned about the health, which is why uh, he is a little bit lower for me behind Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, who's also super durable. But I mean, I, I'm, don't, I'm not concerned that he'll come back healthy from the ACL injury. I think he will. But having a high ankle sprain and an ACL injury, like two serious injuries two years in a row, is very tough for like, there's a difference. Maybe if you have a guy like Chris Carson, who maybe gets banged up, misses a few games, but he doesn't have those serious injuries like Saquon has had multiple years in a row. And even when he's healthy, I don't see the, uh, the Dalvin cook level of production from him. I don't see the receptions being there in the same way. Not only did Daniel Jones throw to Saquon less than Eli Manning did during that incredible 2018 year, but now they have added Kenny Galladay, who I project to be a target monster and I still think Evan Ingram's going to be involved. I think Kadarius Tony won't be a target hog by any means, but he'll get a few. And I don't see Daniel Jones going away from Sterling Shepard either. So this is not the way I just have it laid out in my mind does not leave room for a Dalvin or for a Christian McCaffrey for an Austin Eckler level of targets in the passing game. And maybe he'll get a lot of carries for he he will get a lot of carries, but yeah, and or or a Dalvin Cook, I guess. I don't think he'll get as many receptions, or he might. Um, I'm trying to, I just don't have Dalvin Cook's reception total off the top of my head, but he, he, again, like I said, I just don't see the space for, um, a huge total when you've got all these other guys too. And, uh, yeah, I guess he might exceed Dalvin Cook in receptions, but Dalvin Cook's just also an incredibly efficient runner. Um, Saquon is a, a beast. He, but I just don't see the same the same kind of workload that he would had gotten in years past when the giants were horrible and he was their only weapon because this offense is a little bit better. Now it can help his touchdown total, but I will take the durability over him. He's at number five for me though. So I don't mind him. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
My number four guy, like I said, is Ezekiel Elliott. He missed a game for the first time in like several years last year. He's incredibly durable. Now he gets Dak Prescott back. Apparently he looks better than ever, or at least as good as he used to. He looks like that lost season never really happened for him, but he'll be back. He'll be a top five running back. This offense will be moving. He will be used in games, whether the team is ahead or behind, and which is really, really nice. Tony Pollard will probably have a slightly bigger workload than years in years past, but I think maybe Elliott will be slightly more efficient because of that. So just a top five RB again. He's back to normal. Give me him as the fourth overall player off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like Ezekiel Elliott. I just like two guys a little bit more. Uh, Robin Axler, but yeah, I would agree with you. Um, with his ranking there, that yeah, that can be he can be really good. Talk about Chubb and Eckler though. You have them both above Ezekiel Elliott. Very. I mean, Chubb, I've talked about. Uh, I just expect a ton of consistency from him, and so I, I mean, huge workload and lots of touchdowns in that run-heavy offense. Um, but Eckler is someone I'm really excited about just because of his passing ability. Um, I expect uh, the new coach, Joe Head or offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, to absolutely feed him touches. And remind, let me remind you, he was the offensive coordinator for the Saints when with the way that they used Alvin Kamara. So I'm very excited to see how. He uses Austin Eckler. I expect, I mean, one of the biggest things limiting him was he, he was getting passes, but he wasn't getting that many carries. And I expect uh, Lombardi to give him a lot of carries. Is that he'll be the feature back. Whereas in past, Anthony Lynn has tried to use some awful combination of like Joshua Kelly and Kalen Balazs. I think that this will be more this year. We'll see Austin Eckler as the more defined RB1 in that offense, which is really good for him. And, um, the passing upside is just incredible. And I love what Jalen or Justin Herbert is doing. So that's why I have him at six. Okay. There's a couple reasons why I have him lower. I just think th- uh, there's a ton of breakout running backs that I like above him. So you have Chubb at five and Eckler at six, but um, mm-hmm. I just don't, it, he's never gotten there's There might be a reason why he's never gotten the huge between the tackles workload. And I mean, he's not the most durable guy either. He's dealt with a lot of devastating injuries. Uh, the hamstring thing last year was brutal. And um. I mean, he's a strong guy. He's defied the odds ever since he was an uh, undrafted free agent. But for fantasy, I don't understand ranking him at the RB6. I even understand maybe like a borderline top 10 running back. There are just, and then like the reason I have him at 14, which sounds a little low when I say it, is just there are a lot of breakout running backs, like 10, 11, 12, 13 guys who I also think will break out similarly to Austin Eckler, but who are just a little bit better in my eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, number five yeah. for me is Saquon Barkley. Number six is Alvin Kamara. He will, I think he'll still be good, Alvin Kamara. He will, with, he actually did um, get a little bit better with Taysom Hill as the year went on. With Jameis Winston, he could get a lot of receptions. But Taysom Hill did by the end, it wasn't a very great sample size, but did by the end start throwing to Alvin Kamara. And Sean Payton has expressed that he will be using Alvin Kamara in the featured role and relying heavily on him. He's a candidate to potentially jump above Saquon Barkley for me because I really don't I don't want to fade him too much because he's just had such a great season last year Drew Brees he's not going to be the same without Drew Brees but there's still enough for me to rank him as a top six running back Mm -hmm. yeah uh, I have Alvin Kamara as my number eight running back Um, I just think that I don't know I feel like that this offense especially with uh, James Winston as the starter I think that that they're not going to use Alvin Kamara as much as they did last year. Um, and so just for that reason, I'm going to drop him down a little bit to RB8, but I still like him. Okay. 
Yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, I think I had realized you didn't even have Alvin Kamara in your rankings. I assume that was an oversight. Like, I was looking. I was like, does Chris not have him as a top 10 running back for next year? Mm -hmm. Also, what's Todd Gurley doing at number 60? You don't like Todd Gurley? Yeah. (laughs) You said that like you were like, you're like Todd Gurley's cousin or something who's like, you don't like Todd Gurley? You don't like my cousin? Todd Gurley... Once he gets signed, we'll have a role. He's okay. I see Najee Harris falling down your rankings. <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. I, the top eight running back take may have been a little bit uh, jumping the gun. I don't think so. I'm, I'll figure out a way to move him back up. Uh, it's just there are a lot of other guys to like this year. I'll, well, I mean, I'm, you, I'm should, if you, cha- you should be open to changing your mind. Just know that that's recorded for later. No, I'll put him back at nine. I'm dropping Johnny Taylor back to ten. Chris, is is this because of any sort of analysis or because you're just scared? Just kidding. No, I know. What do you mean? You always analyze, I'm sure. Okay, here. Uh, now let's let's move on though. Now we've got the rankings updated on the website, so you you will see them like this, like they are. So let's see. Uh, who is next? I'm I'm trying to think. Oh, I have Nick Chubb is my number seven guy in my rankings. He's very solid, like you talked about. Uh, not the Kareem Hunt will take a lot of, he's a good pass catcher, but Kareem Hunt will take a lot of the pass catching work. So yeah, it, it's, it's not, he doesn't have the same upside as some other guys, but very, very solid player for sure. Mm-hmm. So number eight for me is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor did benefit a lot from an easy schedule last year, but Frank Reich tried not to use him as a workhorse, but eventually he gave in because Jonathan Taylor is very talented. The one game against the, the one thing that was different between Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery last year is because is that Jonathan Taylor actually had one game against an elite rushing defense, the Steelers, where he still put up great numbers, uh, partly because of touchdowns, but he was efficient too. Like we haven't seen that from David Montgomery. And the other concern with David Montgomery is that Tariq Cohen's coming back. So we might not see the pass catching work that could come as much. So Dave Montgomery should still be good, but Jonathan Taylor has proven it against elite defenses. He might not get the most receptions because of Naheem Hines, but in year two, I think he might develop more into that workhorse role. So it might make up for the loss of Phillip Rivers. So my number mm-hmm. eight running back there, uh, I don't mind him. He's not super exciting for me though next year, but he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, uh, I, I like, um, Jonathan Taylor, I think there are just nine guys that I like more. Um, so that's kind of the reason I have him at 10, but he does have a nice schedule. So I think that'll benefit him. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you have him at number 10, 10. Right? Who's your eight? Uh, Kamara, nine, Harris, Najee, 10, Taylor. Then at 11 and 12, Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon, um, kind of different backs. I really like Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers returns, which I assume he will. So that just helps him. And then um, Joe Mixon, I think he's just going to get a lot of carries and in an offense that's going to score more touchdowns. So I think that that's why I have him at number 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just looked at an oversight. I have jo- I had Joe Mixon as RB16, but I think I messed up and put him behind J.K. Dobbins, which I did not mean to do at all. So he will move up a spot for me. Uh, actually, he might even move up a little bit more, maybe ahead of Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be really good next year. Yeah, you know what? He will go ahead of Austin Eckler. And... Oh man, I'm getting myself back in. Ah, <laughs> okay. I-, I will figure. I'll let you know where I finally have Joe Mixon in a moment, guys. But for now, um, my number ten or my number nine and ten, I got Aaron Jones there. 
even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, I still think Aaron Jones can be an RB1. So that's why I have him there, even though I'm not excited about Rodgers coming back. Number 10 is Cam Akers, who could see a huge workload next year. And if he gets his receptions up, like Matthew Stafford likes to throw to the running back, he should be dominant. Akers is a great receiving back. And Sean McVay gave him the ball a ton last year. It remains to be seen if he'll be able to handle it and still be incredibly efficient. I doubt it. But with that incredible workload, he has a lot of upside at RB10. At RB11, I have Antonio Gibson. And I would put Gibson ahead of Cam Akers if I had to rake it based on talent. We just don't know about Gibson's turf toe injury. If With running backs, the margin for error is so small that if, even if you lose like half a step, you might not be quite as good. Gibson will still be a stud, mm-hmm. I think. But that's why I have Acres slightly ahead. But in a perfect world with no injuries, Acres would be my RB eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it might okay. change if we hear Gibson is a hundred percent and ready to go. I will probably move Gibson ahead of Acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't mind it. Um. I've got Gibson at RB sixteen. And I have Acres at RB fifteen. But you know, I like them both. They both have a lot of potential. I just um. I have Swift and Alaire at thirteen and fourteen. Swift, I think, has a lot of potential, especially as a pass catcher. And Edward Delaire is someone that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. He's still really talented. He was drafted in the first round for a reason. Um, I expect him to have a much better season next year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I will. I have DeAndre Swift at RB12, a guy who I think, think can be a great workhorse back. I'm not worried about Jamal Williams threatening him because DeAndre Swift is better than Jamal Williams, and he will – be a stud and if he doesn't get the workhorse role he will earn it and you want to talk about offensive coordinators who get the ball to their running backs that's what anthony lynn did i know anthony lynn didn't use austin eckler as a workhorse but he still threw to the running back uh the second most out of any uh, head coach uh when i think when eckler was healthy at least last year so deandre swift is rb12 joe mixon i will put him at rb13 i just kind of for joe mixon i just kind of like blocked him out of my memory because i was so in on him last year and then it, he just hurt me so much. But I'm putting him ahead of Najee Harris. I feel like he can be more efficient with this improved offensive line, and he'll catch a lot of passes. Najee will too, but Mixon's in more of a high-powered offense. He'll have more chances to score. So, yeah, Joe, give me Joe Mixon RB13. We're back! We are back on the Joe Mixon hype train! <laughs> Remember last offseason, Chris? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is bringing back memories already. So, wait, where yeah. do you have him, though? You have him high. Yeah, I have him as RB12. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm ready. I am ready for Joe Mixon's season once again. I can't believe I had him behind J.K. Dobbins. What an oversight that was. Like, that didn't even make any sense. I don't actually think that. I would draft Joe Mixon over J.K. Dobbins all the time. So, yeah. I have J.K. Dobbins next year. I have him as my RB19. Yeah, I have him as RB16, but I agree his upside is very capped. Mm-hmm. So then at 17, 18, and 19, I already told you guys 19, J.K. Dobbins. At 17 and 18, I have two guys that I value very similarly, actually, and that's David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. I think the difference is one is going to play better than they did last year, and one is going to play worse. And the one playing worse is going to be David Montgomery. Tariq Cohen, I think, is the main factor behind this ranking. Um, I love Montgomery's talent, and I think he's actually in a pretty good situation until – or he was in a great situation until Tariq Cohen came along, and that's just going to totally – wipe his uh, pass catching ability. And I think his targets were like upwards of four per game without Cohen and with him, they were barely two. So, I mean, that's a huge decrease in, in terms of fantasy points on a weekly basis, especially in half PR. And uh, I expect the bears to try and use Cohen in the running game too, not only a pass catching back. So that'll just take away from him. And 
I agree. I mean, with most Justin of what Fields said, as well. He's going to be a rushing quarterback, so once he sees time, that will also hurt um, David Montgomery. So you said Tariq Cohen just... isn't only a pass catching back. I don't think that. I think Tariq Cohen only is a pass catching back. No, Otherwise, I think I he, def- he, can he still definitely get... is only a pass catching back. Mm-mm. He can still get carries, but uh... no, he can't. Yes, he can. Sorry, Tariq. That's just not your role on the team. No, he cannot. Let me he see, show you his stats. No, he no, he never. Yeah, show me his stats because he never gets carries. Tariq Cohen is not a guy who's going to take carries from David. In Martin. 2019, he had 64 carries and 79 receptions. Exactly, he's still getting carries. He averaged 3.3 a carry. Kevin, if I took away 64 carries from David Montgomery, that would hurt, right? How did he average 3.3 a carry on 64 carries, Chris? How is that even possible? It's because he's not good in between the tackles. Yeah, but they're still going to use him. No, they won't. They want David Montgomery to get the rushing. They haven't had a running back like David Montgomery. He's good. He will get the rushing upside, but I understand. In 2018 and 2017, he was at 99 carries. Okay, well, they're not. it's different with David Montgomery. He can still run the ball, Calvin. No, he's not going to run the ball. It's going to be Montgomery. Well, they're going to give him touches, Calvin. Maybe like you can't expect. Calvin, not... how bad would it be for an offense if every time the same running back lined up, you knew okay, he well, was that's only a pass catching back? All running backs, if it's not Christian McCaffrey, like fine. Alexander Madison's going to get some touches in fourth quarters with when Dalvin Cook's like resting or whatever. Like they're obviously they're not going to get all the touches, but like mm. not, I'm saying not significantly higher than other backups. Calvin, I'd love to see it. Henry Ruggs just went in my draft well before uh, John Brown. <laughs> what a bad pick. Wait. Oh, and Pittman and Fuller are still on the board. Nice. All right. Here. My rankings. Uh, I got Joe Mixon RB 14 or 13. Najee Harris at 14. Austin Eckler. Ooh, 15. After that, there's a major tier drop for me. We got J.K. Dobbins at 16, who I just I like, but his upside's capped um, because of Gus Edwards, because of Lamar Jackson. He will get some touchdowns, though, because of Lamar Jackson. It's kind of a weird situation with Lamar because he simultaneously helps him and hurts him at the same time. But Dobbins can be really efficient in this offense, which will be nice. Chris Carson at RB 17, Miles Gaskin at RB 18. This is a guy who I have ranked higher than a lot of people because people are sort of still, th- it's it's almost like people think that the Dolphins added a running back this offseason, And other than Malcolm Brown, they didn't because that's what everyone was expecting and it didn't happen. So it's people are still thinking like, Oh, Miles Gaskin, isn't going to be the workhorse. Uh, no, he's the only one there, and that's how they used him last year. So he will be mm-hmm. one of my favorite values this year. And the number 19 is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's hard for me, though, to see the workhorse role in the Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because this is always going to be a pass-first team. But he uh-huh. might get more receptions next year, and he might be on the back in the backfield more on third downs. So he's solid. And then number 20 is Dave Montgomery, um, and number 21 is Miles Sanders, who mm-hmm. – yeah. Yeah. Um, at twenty, I've got Kareem Hunt. At twenty-one, I've got Chris Carson. Twenty-two, Ronald Jones, a guy that I'm very excited about. Jones. Um, twenty-three is Gaskin, and twenty-four is Javante Williams. So that kind of rounds up my top twenty-four. Javante Williams might move up higher uh, as things continue to develop. Ronald Jones is a player I really like. Chris Hart, Carson's consistency, and then Kareem Hunt. I'm just really high on this entire Browns offense, and uh, I love Kareem Hunt's value in the passing game. So mm-hmm. he's great in passing. All right, number twenty-two, I've got Josh Jacobs who will get hurt by um he'll definitely get hurt by Kenyon Drake. Number 23, I've got James Robinson, who I'm still pretty high on. I'm still think he can hold off ETN for most of the year. Actually, uh I'm going to say my number I just cuz ETN might take over by the end of the year. So Robinson's value in the playoffs will be not that great. So that's why I will have Javante Williams as my RB23 
whose value in the playoffs will be incredible. I think he could be the next Jonathan Taylor in terms of taking over and breaking out. And the word is he might already have a significant workload week one. So give me Javante Williams as my RB23 and James Robinson as my RB24. But yeah, Javante is going to be a great value next year in drafts. Like my RB23 ranking for him feels too low because I'm almost certain he'll finish higher like Jonathan Taylor did last year. Right, Chris? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. it, but he will, Um, if it's just other guys ahead of him. Yeah, you know, it, it, you can't really rank him ahead. It's hard, but I, I'm almost mm-hmm. certain he'll finish higher than RB23. Wait, then how do you have him at RB23? Because I can't like when when you think of it straight up, like is it Javante Williams or Josh Jacobs? Who would I pick in a draft? It's Josh Jacobs. Javante Williams. Mm, well, okay. Agree to disagree. But I, it's pretty close. I understand that. I just I think Josh Jacobs will still retain most of his work. I, I don't know if Kenyon Drake I think Kenyon the Kenyon Drake signing is gonna be a total bust. I just think he's gonna be involved mainly in the passing game. I have Jacobs at RB twenty five, if you guys are curious. So one below Javante. Okay. Yeah, but I still like Javante. RB23 is higher than others, so I can still say I'm a truther. Uh, he is – yeah, I mean, rookies in general, guys. The, one of the most overlooked parts – I've never seen this talked about, and Javante is the RB27 on Fantasy Pros. Uh, behind Chase Edmonds, that's laughable. Uh, imagine taking Chase Edmonds over Javante Williams in a draft. I'm getting distracted, but – hello? What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, no, Javante Williams and other uh, just rookies last year is what I'm trying to say. Almost all of them exceeded expectations. CEH did not, but let's look at running back. Jonathan Taylor exceeded expectations. Cam Akers exceeded expectations. This is based on ADP. Exceeded expectations. Um, uh, J.K. Dobbins exceeded expectations. Uh, I know this was a good running back class, but even so, Antonio Gibson exceeded expectations. DeAndre Swift exceeded expectations. Wide receivers, T. Higgins exceeded expectations. Justin Jefferson exceeded expectations. Brandon Ayuk exceeded expectations. C.D. Lamb exceeded expectations. Jerry Judy hit expectations. Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs did not, but they were being drafted insanely low anyway as sort of long shots. So if you're drafting, the rookies that are ranked at like wide receiver 40, like this year, Devontae Smith being ranked too low. Devontae Williams being ranked too low. Jamar Chase being ranked too low. These guys can be values because they're almost certain to it. They're going to like, they can't, they're being drafted at their floor because they're rookies and people are worried about like them busting. But can you really see Devonte Smith with that target share finishing lower than wide receiver 40? Can you really see Devonte Williams? Who's expected to take over quickly that backfield finishing below RB 27, like Jamar Chase, who's likely to be Joe Burrow's number one target right away. The guy that Burrow wanted on the team do you think Jamar Chase is going to finish below wide receiver 27? I do not. It's a good bet to draft rookies. Draft a lot of them. In SFB, mm-hmm. I know I'm bringing up SFB, the average finals team had four rookies. Four! That's an insane amount for a 22-person team. Mm-hmm. Just go get the rookies. It's important. Yep. I have, like, the, the when you'll hear, like, when I talk about guys I'm high on, a lot of them are rookies for a reason. Like, Javante's a guy I'm high on, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. Like, all these guys are like, ooh, fantasy value here. They're rookies. It's important. Don't overlook it. Mm-hmm. In dynasty, okay. rookies can be overvalued, mm-hmm. though, which is kind of funny. So, yep. I guess we're done with our top 24. So, mm-hmm. how about we go down the list, and you, you can go first. Why don't you talk about some guys that are intriguing for you? Or... Maybe not intriguing. Maybe guys you hate too. Guys you want to warn people against. Just guys you think fantasy owners should know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of them is wide, wide or RB twenty seven. I have Mike Davis and uh, good one. Man. Actually, 
Davis, I think, can be okay, but I think that I don't actually like him that much. It's just I think that you can trust him for consistency because, and you can trust what his role is going to be, so that makes him a worthwhile pickup because he's the only guy in Atlanta. He has to get touches. There's no way that they just, just don't run the ball, and he's really the only clear good running back there. So I have him at RB27. He might finish lower, but I love that you know what you're getting with him. Like You can trust him to do something. You know, I, don't think, I think his upside is very capped but you can trust him to do something. And that's why I have him at 27. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. His upside is very capped. He could wear down a lot like he did last year. He hasn't been a starter in the league for a reason. Number Mm -hmm. 26. If you're looking for a guy with all that upside, get Raheem Mostert. I still love Raheem Mostert. He is electric when he's on the field. If he can stay healthy, he will earn that number one role and he has it so far. He will keep it so far. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to remove uh, Raheem Mostert down a little bit because I am a little bit more off of him. But uh, okay, uh, yeah, I, I like Raheem Mostert. I have him as my RB38, though. Okay, I'm going to move up Travis Etienne from RB30 to RB29 just because while he might not finish there, he could score a lot of points um, and at the end of the year, which is important. RB31, Melvin Gordon is a guy you should be avoiding for sure because uh, mm-hmm. he's just not going to be anything at the end of the year, even though he's a pretty talented guy. RB33, Gus Edwards, he gets he'll be, he's locked into 130 carries next year. Keep an eye on him. RB34, Chase Edmonds, no. No, 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 no. He is not a workhorse. Don't buy into the hype. RB40, Tevin Coleman. This is a guy you can take over my RB41, Michael Carter. Um, RB45, Philip Lindsay, someone who Chris likes a little more, has some upside. It's sort of bland in that backfield. I don't know if he'll be able to take over. And then last guy, RB55, Chuba Hubbard. I don't, again, this is the um, fourth round running back thing. So I don't really trust him that much. But if McCaffrey gets hurt, he's literally the only guy there and they haven't added anyone else. So if you have McCaffrey, just go get him at the last round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, some guys I'm also looking at is kind of interesting. Maybe Damian Harris. I currently have him as RB30, but that is definitely, uh, that could change because the I think that Harris is really talented. But Belichick has always been known to run a committee or so. I think that limits Damien Harris a little bit, but I do like his potential next year. Um, Calvin, where do you have Harris? Where do you have Harris? RB27. I have him ahead of – actually, yeah, I will keep him at RB27. I think he his pass-catching upside is not that great, which is a problem. And actually, I will move him down to RB28. I think I would probably take Ronald Jones over him. Um, but, yeah, that's a uh, – yeah, RB27 for Harris – Again, yeah, no pass catch. The pass catching is where the committee is really going to start. But I think Belichick may give Harris a solid amount of carries inside. I just don't see the touchdown opportunities, especially with Cam Newton there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam Newton it's, is not necessarily like going to lead them to touchdowns, and they'll run it usually run it in with him when he does. So mm-hmm. he might yeah. be good with Mac Jones, though. If Mac mm-hmm. Jones starts, Damian Harris could be a guy they rely on pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, then it. 32, I actually have Trey Sermon. Um, we talked mm-hmm. about RBs or RBs outdoing expectations, and I think the Trey Sermon is definitely a, an RB that could do that next year. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm actually moving Ronald Jones up my rankings a bit. Uh, this is interesting. I actually moved him up all the way to RB24. Where do you have him? RB22. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm realizing I think he'll be the guy again for the most part. He might have a couple of bust games that really hurt you. But I think um, Leonard Fournette is not really the guy. That was just a one-time playoff thing. So anyone mm-hmm. else you found interesting, or is that it? Um, Maybe Latavius Murray. 
<laughs> oh, yes, of him. course. Chris is so predictable with Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Yep, I always do Latavius Murray. Why do you have Raheem Mostert behind Latavius Murray? Because I like Latavius Murray. Oh, my gosh. That's brutal. Maybe this should be a bold take. Oh, no, no, no. RB35, Latavius Murray. Um, you just – he was RB36. Did you just move him up? Oh, oops, what? I accidentally deleted your rankings. Undo. Uh, you mo- you said RB30 oh, – he's RB36 for you because stupid – Oh, Carter. yeah, my bad. Uh, sorry, I remembered I put in Camaro, so that bumped everyone down one spot in my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah i have him as rb36 he always finds to is able to get a role in this offense and one of the best handcuffs in the league so always a sneaky pick someone just snagged him in sfb uh in the 11th round which was disappointing and you will admire their team forever and ever i'm sure mm-hmm. yeah, let me see their team after they draft latavius murray they've got to have a good team mm-hmm. yeah um, shout out to uh at rj villa gomez on Twitter, drafting with Havis Murray. Oh, wow. He has a juicy team. All guys that I like. Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. Mm, that is a juicy QB room for late round. Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones, and Latavius Murray. Love Ronald Jones. Love Latavius Murray. Met on Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Then he's got Calvin Ridley, Debo, Lockett, Godwin, and Cook. Um I'm not as high on his wide receivers, but then he also has Kelsey. So. All right. Uh, so, yeah, shout out. Um, I guess that's it. Is that the end? Do you have anyone else you want to talk about? Hmm. Um, maybe A.J. Dillon? What is his value looking like next year? Not much. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that the role is going to be there for him. And then, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley at number 60. When he gets signed by a team, he'll be good. Also, no, he Evans won't. That... No, he won't. Stop. Don't put this into people's heads. Darrington Evans at RB55. Oh, okay, no. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Follow us on Twitter at SGFPod, at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF. Links in the uh, the, the description. Just uh, follow us on Twitter, our live show at SG Sports Talk. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Any, any last words? I always say any last words. It's like, any last words before you die? Like, like, do you have do you have anything any last words to say before the um the show ends? I do not, Calvin. Okay, but yeah, you're not dying. It always I always make it sound mm-hmm. like you are. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.